Dave Gentry with you, and Jim Bohannon joins us this morning. Jim, how are you? I'm fine, Dave. Good to be talking with you. Well, good to have you with us this morning. I want to get your take on a, a couple of things happening in Washington right now. This whole uh, Omarosa debacle, <laughs> where they <laughs> called her into the Situation Room. Now, there had been some stories out that she was a little bit volatile before this whole thing happened, before she was fired. Does this kind of fit with what you've heard about this story? Well, uh, yes, but certainly there's a lot of volatility on both sides of this. And here, you know, until recently, I always thought an Omarosa was an exotic drink that came with a fruit garnish. <laughs> as yeah. it turns out, apparently not. Uh, it, it is bizarre. Of course, uh, on the one side, the behavior she describes, you know, that... that uh, that the president's in over his head, uh, that he's being puppeted, as she's now quoted as saying. Uh, another interpretation of that might be that he knows how to delegate uh, and that uh, John Kelly runs the White House on a day-to-day -day basis because that's what chiefs of staff are supposed to do. I mean, the, the devil may be in the details of interpretation here. I don't know. I do know that uh, recording in the Situation Room uh, is uh, got to be a violation of uh, federal security laws, and having had a more than top secret security clearance myself in the army, you can get in a lot of trouble in such circumstances. So uh, there's that side of the story as well. Well, the sound quality of that was pretty good, so I got to think she had a she gave us some thought before she went in there. Oh to, yeah, this was not thrown together. Yeah, <laughs> this was worthy of a radio station. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The way it sounds. The uh, uh, white supremacist rally in, in Washington this week, too, I guess they had one over the uh, across from the White House. Anyway, it was much ado about nothing, the way it sounds. Yeah, uh, we're fortunate to live in an era when, it, in fact, the genuine viewpoint of, of white supremacy is, is very much a, a fringe kook movement. And uh, the best way to deal with these people other than outright law violations is to just ignore them. What else uh, happening in Washington that's gotten your attention recently? Well, of course, we have the continued uh, focus on the uh, confirmation hearings for uh, Brett Kavanaugh to be a Supreme Court justice. Now, that's gotten very quiet here the last couple of weeks around it here. Got, it has gotten quiet, but uh, we're, we're coming up. Uh, Mitch McConnell, who, of course, will schedule this as the majority leader of the Senate, uh, apparently the hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee will start on Monday, September the 4th. And the... Uh, you usually don't hear from anybody in these hearings, but the the uh, actual nominee, you know, usually don't bring in a, a slew of witnesses for or against. So this can only take a few days before every senator gets their chance to, to pat him on the back, kick him in the butt, whatever they intend to do for the folks back home. And once that's over with, you get down to nose counting. Uh, granted, uh, the Republicans have a 51-49 margin, and of course you can't count John McCain because, unfortunately, uh, uh, for an American hero, the odds of him ever seeing Washington again are probably minimal. Yeah. But it's not even certain how he would vote. Uh, you've got the tiebreaker of Vice President Pence and any number of Democrats, uh, like Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Joe Donnelly from Indiana, Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota, Claire McCaskill from Missouri, any number of people out there, Democrats from states carried heavily by Donald Trump, who may wind up voting uh, in favor of him. So bottom line is I think he's going to be confirmed. Well, that seems to be the the clear way it's going to go. But by the same token, some of the stuff that's being said, and there's always stuff said when someone comes up for nomination, this all seems to go back to the uh, situation here a couple of years ago where they said, "Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna put this guy up until uh, after the election." And it all seems to go back to that. 
Well, there have been, of course, the issues. Whoever is in, in power in the White House, of course, always wants a, a nominee to be brought up now. And if the other party controls the Senate, then they always want this to be delayed until uh, after the election so that with any hope they can, they can derail uh, said nomination. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that says that a nomination like this should wait until an election. It would be like saying, uh, oh, to uh, pass a health care law, to pass a gun control law, to pass anything, to, to uh, confirm a, uh, a, a, a treaty, let's say, that these things should all wait until after the election. Well, no, no, we hold elections every two years, and uh, there's no legal reason or constitutional reason why you should wait. There's nothing whatsoever wrong about a confirmation now. There is anything else in what the, the Senate or, or House does at this particular time. Well, the Democrats just seem to need something to talk about, and that's all they've got. Well, there's a certain amount of that. I mean, as James Carville, of course, the aide to uh, advisor to Bill Clinton once famously put it, it's the economy, stupid, meaning that most elections, barring some overriding foreign policy issue, like the Iran hostage crisis some years ago, people vote their their checkbook. People vote, and they vote uh, pretty much on bread-and-butter issues, and the, the economy is doing quite well right now for an awful lot of people. So the Democrats are a little hard-pressed. I'm not sure that that uh, having followers chant things like uh, 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 no more uh, borders, no more wall, no more USA at all is necessarily the way to attract a majority of votes in this country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what else uh, happening in Washington that's gotten your attention? Well, of course, the entire midterm election, uh, obviously a, a big factor now. Uh, we're within uh, less than uh, three months before we will actually make the vote. And uh, traditionally, of course, uh, the party, a new party of the White House loses seats in the House in the next election. That's the way it usually happens. Uh, you've got to figure the one certainty in this election is that Republicans will lose House seats. The issue Will they lose enough to make Nancy Pelosi speaker? And that's, I think, very unclear. In the Senate, because of the weird way that this has uh, come around this election, uh, of the 33 senators up, there's a third of the Senate every two years, uh, 25 of them are Democrats, counting the two independents who vote as Democrats, and only eight Republicans. So there's a huge number of seats for Democrats to defend. And uh, I, I don't see how the Republicans don't pick up three or four seats out of that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because you always assume there's going to be a big, you know, blue backlash. But I'm I'm not so sure on this. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of issues out there that seem to have uh, uh, Democrats up in arms. Uh, one, of course, is the Kavanaugh nomination. And, and, uh, and if he's confirmed in the, the next day, there won't be illegal abortion anywhere in the country, which is, of course, nonsense. There's, first of all, no guarantee that uh, a majority of, uh, of a court with Kavanaugh would vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. And second, even if they did, it would merely mean that control of abortion reverted to the states. And a huge number of states would continue to legalize abortions. And if you were in a state, let's say you wanted an abortion and your state didn't allow one, well, they'd be bus caravans set up. Uh, people would be paid uh, you know, to drive into another state to get an abortion. If, in fact, they overturned Roe v. Wade, which is unlikely, a year later you would be hard-pressed to find a single woman in this country who was, quote, unable to get an abortion, unquote. Uh, there's the other issue, immigration, and I'm just not so sure that open borders is really going to sell with most Americans. That's uh, interesting to hear. 
President Trump and his trade policies, that's starting to affect uh, the ag wires now. I'm starting to get stories now that agriculture, they're taking a poll every couple of months, and they're a, a little bit paranoid about what's going to happen with this trade. It's understandable, certainly, that there, there's going to be uh, uh, some collateral damage, if you will. And I know that people who see that their, their, their pocketbooks are seriously injured don't like to be called collateral damage. Something has to be done to get China to behave according to the agreements that they have signed. And if it isn't these tariffs, then maybe there's another answer. I've heard economists tell me that maybe outright uh, import quotas might be a better approach, which would still amount to a trade war. Uh, But uh, again, the whole country would be better off if we finally browbeat China into obeying the very agreements they signed. And I am sorry if anybody has heard in the interim, of course, the president's offered, what is it, $12 billion to help agriculture? Yeah, I have no problem with, with helping out a sector that's easily hurt uh, by the rest of us chipping in to provide a safety net. I think that's a fine idea. That's kind of a drop in the bucket, though, if this thing goes on and on. Well, that's true. I mean, again, the amount is, is something that's open for discussion. I'm not sure how much uh, agriculture would be hurt. Uh, in the long term, of course, agriculture would be helped because one of the major trade dif- differences that we have with not only the Chinese but the Japanese and the Europeans is uh, countries that refuse to open up their own markets to American agriculture because American farmers outproduce other farmers, and the farmers in those countries get all hot and bothered. Don't let those American uh, shipments of wheat and corn come in. And that's uh, something that would, in the long run, help the U.S. agricultural community. All right. Well, Jim Bohannon, hey, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, and I thank you very much, Dave. It's always great to be on Newstalk 1400.